So, yeah, this is how we're going to start it. Um, welcome, everyone. Thank you for coming back to the TK Tom Foolery podcast, as we're known on Instagram, or as you might know it, Tom Foolery with TNK. Uh, I just had a very, very passionate discussion with my guest here tonight, which is actually Catherine Wynn. I've known her since first grade. We're practically family at this point. She's come all the way down from Jacksonville to be a part of my podcast, and I'm so, so excited to bring her here. So, yeah, uh, Catherine was asking about how this went. I'm going to be asking questions. We're going to be going over some stuff. A lot of it's probably just going to be passionate ranting, as we've, we've been doing, uh, and also talking about our friend Brandon. Now, Brandon, I know you're going to listen to this at some point in time, so don't get butt hurt. Uh, it's all good. You know, we're going to, me and you are going to have our own one-on-one session, but yeah, no, we're totally going to be talking about you on this. And you also wanted your name known, so now I can, instead of saying individual, I can say Brandon. Because um, <laughs> I, I was saying that earlier. Um, but yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So, yes, yeah, so you've come down from Jacksonville. Thank you again for being with me. Um, you have some stuff on your phone that you that you want to say. Feel free to bring that in whenever. But, yeah, please continue. So, real quick, I guess we're bringing politics into this. Go go ahead and, and reiterate what you were talking about with Barack and, and Trump, because I found that very, very satisfying. <laughs> okay, so, practically speaking, like, I was arguing with an old co-worker about this, um, basically about Barack and his presidency and then Trump's. But when you look at it, Barack was going into the presidency from such a low standpoint from the presidency before him that he had to massively raise that bar from such a low standpoint. So high. And he raised it so high. And then when Trump came into office, he was just handed practically all of the hard work that Barack did and still has managed to (laughs) (laughs) to bring it back down. Jesus Christ. Which, again, I was saying I think takes more work. It, It baffles me. The freaking, I don't know, like, I think that's something people don't understand about presidencies is, like, you don't really see all of the impacts of what happens until after they leave office. Yeah. And then someone comes in, they, they could be horrible. It doesn't Absolutely. matter. You're, you're, you're then reaping the benefits of what the previous president did, yeah. and you put the current president on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. I don't think everybody is able to see that. It drives me nuts. It yeah. drives me so fucking crazy. I want to scream. Absolutely. Like, I feel the same way. Oh, my God. Um... Is this still recording even as we're 45 seconds, 46 seconds? Because I'm testing something. Because Oh my gosh, yes, it's still recording. Oh, perfect. I can actually show you text and show you okay. videos. Perfect. Um, but yeah, uh, let's see. I believe Brandon had said, because um, I sent him something about seven ways we know systemic racism is real. Let's see what he said here. Uh, I won't tell you those stats are... What they are, they just blame it on the white people. Yes, because we just we just love to to blame everything <laughs> on white people. Apparently, apparently, uh, I can I can totally in confidence say that as an African American male, um, if a black man doesn't get an opportunity, the system must be racist. Well, I I think especially for black people, yeah, if they don't get an opportunity, it, it can be racist. I don't think that automatically. I wouldn't jump to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. Now, you and I personally, I brought this up in the last podcast. I, I was sheltered for a very long time. And thankfully, I've had nothing but good relations and good experiences with both police officers, internships, people that look at me yep. for what I want to do and everything else. Yep. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that you can just automatically disassociate yourself from reality and say, okay, well, then racism isn't a thing. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, if we were here in Southport and we decided to go somewhere, say, Atlanta mm-hmm. or Detroit, maybe Chicago, yeah. Georgia even, somewhere like deeper south, I think it'd be a very different experience. If it you is. took anybody and brought them to a small, isolated tourist town mm-hmm. from everything else, then it'd be crazy. And not only that, but a majority of the people here are white. That is true. And so then you've got all of these people coming in and talking about statistics and how, oh, well, you know, African-American males are making up this uh, massive uh, crime rate. So, like, statistics don't lie. It has to be true. Okay, yeah. Um, But at the same time, I think those statistics would not only be skewed Mm -hmm. because African-Americans make up such a small percentage of the population Mm -hmm. that if they make up such a high crime percentage... You know, obviously just black people just love to kill and love to shoot and love to do drugs. Mm -hmm. And even in movies, we see it about how black people are normally the ones in gangs. Like, that's not stereotypical at all or profiling people. That's really, that's a really interesting point because, like, speaking off of the movies and stuff like that about African-American men doing all of that stuff, everyone loves to see it. So, like, I've noticed this, especially after I went to college, like, I immediately noticed because I ended up becoming friends with, like, way more African-American people because it was in Raleigh and this, like, there's a lot more of them. There's a lot more diversity when you go Rather than in Southport where it's primarily a bunch of elderly white people. I mean, even when we were in school, I was, what, the only black kid in the classroom? You were the only black kid, and you were the only black kid I have known, even, other than my family. Like... It was crazy. It was just so crazy for me. And, like, even then, like, being an Asian woman, like, I didn't see hardly any Asians. They're, like, in anything throughout high school, middle school, like, I was pretty much the only one other than my twin brother. But... I just noticed, like, after I went to college, I was like, wow, people love to see it in rap music. So, like, white people love to sing along and rap to a bunch of African-American men talking about drugs, like, perks, all of this stuff, rape, murder, gangs. And then the second they talk about anything that's real with real substance, like... Oh how I love to see without my eyes. Like like they (laughs) immediately just tune out. Like they just love to see all of that violence associated with that race. And I think that's like really weird, honestly. No, no, it's weird, right? It is so weird. Like going to North Carolina AT University, which is a HBCU, historically Mm -hmm. black university, yeah, there was a lot of different rap pertaining to that or otherwise, but a lot of it was at at A and T we like to term real rap versus fake rap. Mm-hmm. So like we look at people like uh, J Cole, Drake. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I'm still being cultured, so I can't name them all off the top of my head. Yes, Chris Isaac. I know you guys are listening. Feel <laughs> free to tear my ass down later. Um, continue to culture me. But no, it's just so different. Like mm-hmm. the lyrics are more real. It talks about real life situations. I mean, you look at it and they're they're literally talking about how they were growing up and a friend of theirs getting shot like right in front of them and they then the police like their investigations towards like the death of a death of a black male in the black community which with the association of drugs and the gangs and everything they stay away from that because they're afraid for their own life which is understandable Mm -hmm. um but then you know a death of a white person happens and they're like all over it yeah it's just crazy and again, not to say that all cops don't do their job. I mean, mm-hmm. again, I've had nothing but good experiences, but that's Same. not to say that you can deny the existence of these things going on 
in other communities or other states. Mm-hmm. And obviously it would vary state to state. I think it's definitely gotten better, but ever and I normally try to bring politics out of it. So if you agree with me, that's that if you agree with me or don't, that's fine. You know, try to bear with me and stay in and if you disagree, definitely shoot me something and I'll bring it up on the podcast. Um but since the election of Donald Trump, it just seems like a lot more white supremacists mm-hmm. and these racist people have begun to come out of the woodwork. They have. They have been given someone to follow who has a form of leadership position they feel protected because of that they feel like well our president is able to get away with this therefore i feel safe i feel protected because if he can lead all of america and be this way well then why can't i be this way oh god and so i feel like so many people are just and i mean it's always been there it's not like it hasn't always been there but everyone's feeling comfortable with it now. They do. Everyone they feel comfortable feels comfortable with being able to openly be racist because, oh, Trump will protect me. Will he? Oh will he gosh. protect you? Will he come down to I North Carolina? I love your impersonation. So, like, you guys can't see, but, like, she's doing these hand gestures. And it's just, I am the greatest. <laughs> oh, well, like, he's not going to come down to little old Southport and get you out of jail <laughs> because no. you decided to openly be racist and just think that you can get away with anything that's not what's gonna happen here it, like, it baffles me it, it really baffles me too actually it, it does and uh, so and growing up you know i especially when i was going into my biomed profession and again that's not to say the people that i've interacted have, have been racist towards me they mm-hmm. haven't i've been blessed i'm glad i know the people i yeah. do i just got a job with um uh kelly from Tech, and he's been nothing but kind and grateful and thank helpful to me but with dr gamble one of the people that i i really look up to and he's a um, theoretical and astrophysicist. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Uh, he was a professor at A&T, and now he's doing like a lot of cool government work. But I didn't know this. He was telling me about like how a lot of his research sometimes wasn't always noticed, even with everything he's doing. He was the one who, keep in mind, this is a man that revamped the entire biomedical department yeah. at a single school, was the head of it, brought in two other teachers, and then got to work with He's he's doing work now that's confidential. He can't talk about it, which is which is insane. And he, for his dissertation, he was showing us he proved the how that there wasn't like black holes. He was the one who proved there were different types of black holes. There was wow. more than just one. He created new math to prove his math. It was it wow. was in, yeah it was insane. Incredible. But he went to I think it was like a Harvard showcase or something like that. And this was when he was younger, and it still happens today. People would, you know, they they would be really enthralled with his research. They'd be like, oh, okay, you know, what school do you come from? And he would say, well, you know, A&T. Or he would see it with other people. They would say from some other school, whether it's, you know, historically black or it's just some other minor school. But they're like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I've never, I've never heard of that school. And so then their credibility all of a sudden from what they thought goes down. It's like, well, I've never mm-hmm. heard of this school. That's, that's kind of odd. Are you from, like, some backwater school? Like, what's, what's going yeah. on? Yeah. So it's kind of like that. And then, you know, they... Whether it's it's conscious or not, you know, they see the color of his skin mm-hmm. and starts to go down a little more and they'll shuffle away, talk with some friends, sometimes in English or sometimes in another language, and it will just kind of carry on from there. But it's just fascinating. I think what people don't understand is, yeah, don't get me wrong, in this country, we, especially with me, yeah, they've given us a lot of opportunities to get into college, to get scholarships, to do this, that, mm-hmm. and the third, which is great. You know, it's, it, it's not to say that we aren't thankful for that. But at the same time, it doesn't change how much harder we've have, we have to work. Absolutely. 
if you if you'll notice, I mean, for example, how many white CEOs can you name off the top of your head? Um. Well, honestly, I don't focus on company CEOs whatsoever. But I, if I could picture them, or if I were to but think yeah, if you can about it, visualize I would, them. If I could visualize it, I would think that they're predominantly white. Yeah. So immediately. Like Google. Mm-hmm. So like Elon Musk. Absolutely. Um, I forget the guy who owns Facebook's name. Oh, Joe something. Uh, no, Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. Yes, yeah, so Zuckerberg. <laughs> He's uh, white. Bill Gates. Absolutely white. I mean, you associate anyone with Microsoft or with gaming, and mm-hmm. even if you go to an E3 expo, yep. you're going to see a lot more people and recognize a lot more faces and names Absolutely. that are attached. I can't name, if, like, when you think about that, how you said that, like, rewording that question, like, name one that's African-American, I couldn't do it. Yeah, now, if it was actors, it. it'd be different, because that's predominant media. Yep. But when it comes to anything, like, the one I learned about today, which his views are kind of are interesting to say the least. I don't agree with all of them, and I don't disagree with all of them. But Brandon sent me uh, some some interesting videos uh, for David Webb. Okay. okay, I can name David Webb. That's about it. Other than that, only movie actors come to my mind. I can't really. <laughs> yeah. I don't really think. And don't worry, I'm sure they're out there. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying they're not. But that's just. I find that interesting. I feel like, like society doesn't recognize them and put them out there as much as the white creators. Oh yeah. And it just, it baffles me because, you know, coming in, again, going back to, to especially in research and engineering, well, I guess engineering is different because either a good engineer or you're not. That's not something you can fake. But (laughs) especially with the research, it's, it's interesting how many people will look down on it and skepticize it. And Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that until going to an HBCU and hearing about their struggle. I'd be talking with professors like, yeah, I'm like super excited, you know, listen to that. And then they would, they would talk to me in confidence be like, look, I'm glad you're so enthusiastic. Keep that. But also keep in mind, you're, you're going to have to be resilient. I was like, well, what do you mean? They, they started sharing some of their stories. Mm-hmm. I was like, really? It's, it's that bad in the scientific community? Or it's that bad in like, this field? And they're like, yeah. I mean, not a lot of people know it. And sometimes it's in subtle ways, but it's there. Mm-hmm. It just, that, that's just how it is. And it, like I say, it, just, it mind boggles me. It does. So, but you, ha- you seem to have a lot. Actually, uh, real quick, with your statistics that you found oh, with, yeah, with the absolutely. FBI, I thought that was actually very interesting. Yeah, the 2016 FBI statistics, you can find it on their actual webpage. Just look it up. Um, I just found that it was really interesting about the total percentage distribution of total arrests and offenses charged um, with certain races and ethnicities. And out of a 100% total, it's... white in that total and with black or african-american people it's only 26.9 with all the others being obviously significantly lower but i also think that is contributed because they're not as present in america like exactly american indian or alaska natives asians native hawaiians all of them like there isn't they don't make up a bunch of the population here Exactly. You know what I mean? So obviously their percentages are going to be a lot more lowered. Yeah. But I just find that interesting because so many people love to use the argument, well, black people just love to commit crime. That's I mean, not, not I true. mean, when you look at tons of black people, like, oh, they're all murderers, they're all rapists, like thugs. Really, because out of 8,421,481 arrests made that year, 
5,858,330 of them are white, while only 2,263,112 were black or African American. And I think that is a significant 3 million difference. Like, no, it is. And I, I just think that's so crazy to me. It is. And even though that number is smaller, again, you gotta think, okay, because my, so I have a mentor, Ralph O'Brien former uh teacher has a phd in biostatistics and he was talking to me about it he was like yeah well even though those numbers are smaller that's not where you have to look and i was like oh okay that makes Mm -hmm. well i'm curious where are you going with this and he said okay well look at the charges look at the sentences i was like you make a very valid point he was like yeah Mm -hmm. you can find which there's a lot more research and a lot more of this out there we started looking at the sentences absolutely um i believe i had a picture on my phone i'm gonna try to find it if i can um but there was, I'm sure I could search it up if I did, which <laughs> I will again later. But no, because if you if you start looking at it, it's, you can have two people charged on second degree murder. And whether it's in media or online, almost, I, I'm going to take a gamble, I'm just going to take a guess and say somewhere between 50 and 75% of the time, the white male... Or, or person in general, is going to get a less harsh sentence Absolutely. than the African-American male or someone of a different ethnicity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just, again, you, you tie Mexicans into drug cartels, you mm-hmm. tie black people into gangs, you tie Asians into extortion or black marketing. Pretty much. <laughs> but what, what do you associate white people with? The standard, stereotypical, suburban white picket fence family. Yeah. So, um, interesting. Yeah, I, and I'll, I'll try to post links to these as well, but I was looking at other statistics, and this relates back to it as well. I mean, you can see here that Fortune CEOs, mm-hmm. blacks and Latinos, other, mm-hmm. being white. Yeah. Uh, in the U.S., black workers are less likely than white workers to be employed in a job that is consistent with their level of education. Additionally, black men and women are paid on average 13% and 39% less than white men, than white men respectively. Yeah. Which, again, I, I, for, you know, especially when you're comparing women, yeah, it's a sexist issue, but it's there. People acknowledge that for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Women did not get paid as much. That's why a lot more women now aren't really focusing on families. They're focusing on education they're not Mm -hmm. wanting to have children they're wanting to further themselves they're they're still fighting for equal pay so if you can tell me that the difference between simply male and female there's a disparity there Mm -hmm. i i don't see how there could not be an argument for a disparity between race Mm -hmm. if you if there's already one between sex it's still a prevalent thing yes now that's not to say that racism in america hasn't gotten better i think it has significantly i mean you look at how we were now compared to two generations ago. Absolutely. I mean, Jim Crow laws saying God, they're not a thing. <laughs> like, it's like fucking hell. Yeah. But I, that's not to say that racism hasn't just taken different manifestations. I think so. I, I think that's actually really accurate. I, I was actually speaking with a friend about this one time late at night, and I was just really thinking about it. And when you look at slavery back in the day, it honestly has just transformed into our criminal justice system. It Slavery has just basically really? transpired all the way into our jails. Think about that. 
Like, they, they found a way to just turn it into something else that can still be racist. Very, very interesting. I didn't think about it that way. Um, I will probably end up bringing that up again later on, because that's actually very, it's a very good point you make. Um, mm. Real quick. Oh, were you able to see any of the videos that I had sent you? Um, no, I was like four minutes away. Okay, no, you're good, you're good. <laughs> yeah. So, so. Uh, real quick, if you could go to your phone. Yeah. Uh, to play one of them, because I'm, I'm, I just, I just want to get your reaction. Okay. Uh, I think it'd be very interesting. Okay, do you want me to just play the first one? Oh, I don't even know, I'm not gonna, I don't even know what the first one is. Uh, um, like you don't have to, actually, yeah, go ahead and do that one. Okay, it might take a second to load. And then there, there might be, there this might one? be points, yeah. Okay. It makes me feel when people talk about white privilege. Now, people see me, and people going to say, oh, he'll sell out. He doing Man, ain't nobody, ain't nobody give me money to say this. This is just a, a common sense person who realize, because I'm not racist, and I don't categorize people and base my belief system on their race, because I do not do that, I get offended. When people say stupid things about other people that's unjustified. I tell you, to the, as sure as I'm sitting here, I had many friends on the police department that were white. Some of them had stories of overcoming adversity that I could not even begin to understand. They had situations, social economic situations that they were in that blow my mind. As a black man in America, I have never dealt with some of the things that some of them had dealt with. Dealt with. Period. And so when I see people bring up this false narrative that all white people somehow have this privilege from birth is the stupidest thing that I've ever heard. It is it, absolutely ridiculous. Take this for example. I was the spokesperson of the Tucson Police Department when I had maybe two years on the police department. You tell me, I have never in the history of the police department ever heard of anybody being a spokesperson with, with two years on the department. I'm in front of the camera. My name is behind things that I've said, and I've been on the police department for 30 minutes, pretty much. That, that's how we feel in the police in the police realm. You know, for two years, bro, you're still a rookie. I ain't never heard a white person having that, that access to being a spokesperson of a police department that early. You tell me, you name a, a, a white police officer that can get on TV and say that they believe Black Lives Matter is ineffective. And I'll show you that same person that lose their job. What, what, tell me what privilege that person has. I went. So can you pause there? For probably yeah. got one of the no, no, you're good. So yeah. I mean, with with granted, he he's he's making some some valid points from his yeah. standpoint because I don't I don't know his background. I don't know where yeah. he came from, but I'm assuming he was probably able to to do well and do whatever he's got to do, which is fine. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that there aren't people or there aren't instances where people are able to do really well. I'm one of those instances. Yeah, but I'm also adopted in a white family. I didn't have to, I didn't grow up in the ghetto or I didn't grow up in a, in a different neighborhood where people had to warn me about certain things, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But those are instances. That's not to say that there may be someone right now 
who had a very similar educational background who wasn't able to get as far as they wanted to go yeah. because of the systemic racism. Now, he was talking about, okay, well, if a white person got in front of that camera, they would lose their job. That's not entirely true. Mm-hmm. How many times have we seen people that have committed questionable mor- murder or done questionable things, which is way worse than publicly saying something? And again, this is this is public. They will do things to save face. And what? What do we? How many times have, have we seen on the news that they've just been suspended? Yeah, they've never been fired. Absolutely. They've been with sus- pay. Oh, suspended with, with pay. pay. Thank you. No, no, <laughs> always with pay. <laughs> exactly. So I I find that kind of. I, I'm not sure I can fully believe that. Now, again, I included some of some of those videos mm-hmm. uh, in the descriptions here, but that's just something I disagree on. It's really interesting, um, his viewpoint on it. But that's just it. It's his viewpoint on it. Because yeah. he personally, it seems, has not experienced those hardships. That doesn't mean that they don't exist. Exactly. So, And I that's mean, not to say that, you know, if anybody's listening, that, you know, I'm not saying, I mean, I would like to think that we're right. Yeah. But I can't dogmatically say, oh, we're right, because that would also imply that your viewpoint doesn't matter, and even if we think it's wrong, doesn't that's not mean to it's say... Not. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> not valid. It's still so, valid. <laughs> but continue, because there, there's a point in this video where I believe he contradicts himself, which is what I'm trying to get to. Really? Okay. Yes. Deals possible on, a house, on my house that I bought. I got it for a steal. I got the best deal probably in the whole community. I bought a house... For 166, and it was worth 270 when it was built. The person who bought the house was a white person, and they got jugged because I got a I got a huge discount on that. Now, mm. I bet they. Oh, you so that, to say about that? Well, that right there, you can't necessarily because house prices in general like increase and decrease throughout time consistently. Okay. So I mean, like him saying that the white person who had the house before him that had paid 270 for it. That, I mean, we don't even know how long they lived there for. You know what I mean? Like, Very I, true. House prices increase and decrease drastically depending on the environmental changes, what someone does to their house next door. So it doesn't necessarily mean that he got the better deal. Like, no, like other than a black or a white person getting it just because very very there's so many different factors that can relate to the house being significantly lower so i just don't necessarily think that really had anything to do with it okay very just fair point yeah (laughs) well how he get that deal you somebody explain to me we just did how I, i can name you i can name to you right now a whole bunch of white people that I know that are in debt through college who have to pay to go to college. Student loan debt. That's outrageous. I ain't got no student loan debt from my bachelor's degree. Not one. I was on full scholarship, and I know 70 other people who were on full scholarship in a hundred and some different colleges. So pause that for a second? Probably okay. 80%. Actually, let it continue for a second. Okay. On black people. And you t- you tell me that somehow white people have a privilege. I'm- That's actually a really interesting point, and I'm glad he said that okay. 80% of them were black. Because I think that with white privilege, they grow up immediately thinking things will be handed to them. So they don't feel the need to go apply for scholarships as much. That's they don't exactly- feel Yeah, they don't feel the need to have to go out there and write 
five page long essays and submit them to get money off of their scholarship because, well, mommy and daddy will pay for it. They don't feel the need to have to work to get that extra money taken off. And I, I genuinely believe that's why the percentage is so much higher for black people to have submitted those and win them. Because literally nobody that I know that's white really that has come from a good family has really applied for scholarships. They don't feel the need to do that extra work. And again, that's not for everybody. I mean, I definitely know some people that are in that boat and they still want to apply for scholarships. Mm-hmm. And this is because they're just a hardworking individual and, that, and that's, that's great. Absolutely. And there are definitely scholarship opportunities out there, possibly a little bit more. I haven't looked enough into mm-hmm. it, but I could see it. I know that, that that's been an effort for a long time. But yeah, no, that you make an exa- a very, very exemplary point of something that I was going to point out to is that, and also, you know, for the white people where, or his white friends, like, where do they go? Do mm-hmm. they go, do they apply to a, a higher or a more prestigious school? For example, at NC State's, or Destiny's going to Georgia Tech. Okay. And uh, she got an $85,000 scholarship. Okay. Wow. Even with that, there is still 20000 more that she has to come up with. Okay. And that's over the course of four years, and that's per semester, by the way. Mm-hmm. For me, room and board is 8000 Everything else is up to 20000 My My entire, just, just, for a, just for a year, tuition is 20000 So, you know, I got a scholarship, or maybe I'm working, I save up five grand, my parents pay half of that, that's 10000 the rest of the 10000 I take in debt. So, but that, that's, that small amount, that seems like a lot, that small amount is still just, just a fraction of the 85 grand that Destiny's going to have, that already is covered by the scholarship. So it also depends on where you go to school, and I have a feeling they probably went to higher rate schools. Well, not higher rate, but in terms of money. You're going to accrue more debt if you go to a more prestigious university. I mean, that's just how it is. And it's because more white people get into the prestigious universities you know they have connections that have already been established Mm like oh my dad his friend works at harvard Mm -hmm. i get in for free and i've heard that a lot it's stuff like that it's situations like that where they just end up accruing more debt just simply because of where they end up going yeah and again that's also not to say that you know, both whites and blacks, you know, you got in because you're you just you're good at what you do and you do well in your resume. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that. That's that that definitely happens. Mm-hmm. But there's still a larger and I, I even think it was while we were in in, uh, in the beginning of high school or middle school, there was like a whole scandal that went on with celebrities and other people paying for their students mm-hmm. to to get in, or like yep. wealthier families. And something else I want to point out is that this is both a good thing and a bad thing. Because a lot of universities now have a quota they have to meet to accept in uh, different ethnic groups. Mm -hmm. But that's just it. It's a mandated quota. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious if there wasn't a mandated quota for that, would that number go down? That's actually a really interesting point. We don't know. We we won't know until, or unless that happens, in all honesty. I mean, that's, that's a really interesting point, though, to think about. I wish a university or a college would attempt that. Just to like do a statistical test on it and see what that yeah. would end up like, because that would be really interesting. I would be very to curious. See. Or maybe there's a study out there. I just haven't found yeah. it. but I was gonna have haven't had. If you time. found one, please like <laughs> oh, yeah, no, us about definitely. it. <laughs> and, I would love to see it. <laughs> yeah, and again, I, I know me and Catherine are ranting here and there and talking about this and talking about that, but like 
This is also, like, open criticism. We're mm. not doing this to attack one person. And Brandon's going to be coming on this podcast later, and I know he's going to have a lot of stuff to defend himself with, some of which are actually very logical, and I yeah. look forward to having him on. But, yeah, no, if you have anything, please don't feel like we're, you know, just going to demonize you or, or attack you. Like, it's this is actually a safe, spl- a safe place, so don't, <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. Yeah. Now, for the listeners, I can't say what they'll do, which is why I also gave people the choice of whether or not they wanted to remain anonymous. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah. Uh, anyway. Can <laughs> you want me to play more of it? Yeah. Okay. I'm I have heard hundreds of stories of people that I know tell me that they went to apply for a job and because of affirmative action that they would deny the job that they were more qualified than the other person who got it who was a minority. That, listen, when you were born, how your success in life is dependent upon you. It's dependent upon how much you are you willing to put up with, how much are you willing to take into account, and how much you're willing to pursue your dreams and your goals. I don't want to hear you blatantly call people and say they have white privilege. That's like saying, and, and I will say this, and somebody... Oops, I <laughs> was going to exit out of the video. <laughs> if you need a charger, I have a charger, by the way. Oh, okay. I might need that soon. Yeah, I was I trying it. to charge my phone up, but... Uh... <laughs> it probably would be better, I guess, for it to play on the actual. That felt good. Oh, there's an ad though. We're gonna turn that down. <laughs> it's a Trump ad, actually. Um, please, by all means, play it if you want to. I mean, I'm. I'd rather that not be advertised. Hell yeah, anyway. brother. <laughs> okay, it's really oh, interesting. Man. I gotta go back to where I we were at. To you. I wish I remembered it, cause. But I want him to say it so I can respond to it and then we can move on to anything else. Because like I said, I want to get to everything you have in your notes. Absolutely. Let's see where this was at. I think yeah, we were a little further. Enough. I think we were Give a little take. further than that. Something like that. If it'll load. <laughs> it's like a brief intermission. Absolutely. This yeah. is just really interesting stuff in my opinion. Oh no, it definitely is. Like every Everything Brandon has said. Black people. Let's see. You you tell me that somehow white people have a privilege. I know I've heard hundreds of stories of people that I know tell me that they went to apply for a job and because of affirmative action that they would deny the job that they were more qualified than the other person who got it who was a minority. Listen, when you are born, how your success in life is dependent upon you. It's dependent upon how much you are you willing to put up with, how much are you willing to take into account, and how much you're willing to pursue your dreams and your goals. I don't want to hear you blatantly call people and say they have white privilege. That's like saying, and, and I will say this, and somebody wants to criticize me about this, but I'm going to say it anyway. That's like me getting up here saying, all black people are thugs. You have a propensity to be a thug. And if police target you disproportionately, they're justified because statistics statistics show that you are more likely to be a thug than a white person per capita. Somebody tell me a statistic that's different than that. African-American people yeah, in this okay. country commit violent crimes disproportionately than any other race that we hear about. Any other race that lives in America. How do we make Which up 13% of the correct, population no. and commit over half of the violent crimes in America? Over half? Tell, explain to me that. Mm-hmm. Interesting uh, mm-hmm. statistic. Ain't nobody putting a gun in your hand and making you commit crimes. 
Nobody forcing you to commit crimes, but we commit crimes. Now, people with common sense know that there's circumstances that lead this to be in effect. But just at face value, you can't say that. You can't sit up in a meeting and say, well, black people, most of y'all are probably going to be a criminal. You have criminal behaviors. I mean, people, black people go lose their mind, brain pop out the side of their head. Tell me, tell me how that's legitimate for you to say that. I'll give you another example. African-American people get mad if you say, if you predict or you make the conclusion that black people like fried chicken. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. I love fried chicken. That point is just more of a My mean. grandma make the bombs fried chicken I've ever tasted in my life. Grandma don't even use recipes. I mean, hey, at grandma this point, you got a point. How, I, I would how you season that chicken like that? Grandma be in the kitchen doing that. Just, <laughs> just sprinkling that chicken. Now, I dare you to tell Actually, a black person they love fried thing. chicken. Right. I, I will say, though, if you have not been a Popeye's, you need to go to Popeyes. They are the bomb <laughs> dot fucking com. All right. I'm gonna end it at that note. <laughs> all right. All right. If they gonna, they gonna get mauled. So how then is it okay for you to make a generalization about all white people because some white people have privilege? I mean, listen. I have privilege to a certain degree because I'm handsome. And that's also on the oh. point that I'm, I'm going to get to is actually coming up here. But at the same time, you can't also, the same generalization can't be made for protesters. Which people are going to argue, okay, it can't be made for cops. And that, that's valid, but it's still a problem. Um, you'll, you can't make the generalization that all the protesters right now are rioters. And something that irks me is that Donald Trump also called them um, thieves and thugs mm-hmm. and whatnot. But I'm not even going to get into that. Um that's also like you can't make the assumption or you can't do the stereotype or profile that all black people are criminals and thugs. That's really interesting because I was actually talking to someone who works in that profession. I'm not going to mention any more than, of that um, about all of this stuff. And we both actually made the mutual agreement and it kind of goes for both sides of all of this, um, that every group, every occupation has the 5%. And Mm. I think, I think is very accurate. I mean, all police officers, they have the 5%. Every, let's say like, for instance, Apple, they have the 5%. That's a company like there. And with every race, they have the 5%. Because there's always going to be the 5% somewhere, no matter where you go. And I think a lot of people, the Black Lives Matter protests, who are against it, focus on just the 5%. And, Hmm. like, they they neglect the 95% that has been sitting here screaming their message at you. They just want to focus on just that little tiny, like, random Facebook post. They don't even know who was behind the screen posting it. It could have been a white man posting it, saying, like, oh, we're going to go start shooting up white people. Like, you know what I mean? And they just want to focus on that one little post rather than the entire message. And I just, I think that's really wild. Like, he said, like, oh, well, I get things because I'm handsome. Same, same concept. We're about to get to same that. Same concept. Like exact... I'd love to hear what he has to say on this. Yes. <laughs> this, this is where I want to get to the point before we, we get to your, your notes. Name me a, a, a woman right now that is a lead anchor on a television show or a lead anchor on the news that what you watch every day that billions and billions of dollars go into. That's ugly. That's obese. T- t- 
great journalist and you can have a better resume than a prettier person, man or woman, that person that looked better than you, they're going to get more attention on TV and they're going to give them the job. So exactly. what are you going to say? Good looking privilege? That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Listen, if you got money, you got privilege. Mm-hmm. As, a, as a black man, if LeBron James got more privilege than every white person in America. People don't even know who... People can probably see Bill Gates and won't even know him from Adam. LeBron James. Let LeBron James go to a restaurant. You better hope you're not in line because you're going to go to the back. <laughs> White man, I'm telling you right now, huh? you're going to go to the back behind LeBron James. LeBron James can tell the, the restaurant that he don't... He want to take your, your seat. They'll probably make you get up, sir. Please, can you... Uh, LeBron James is in the house. Sorry. Tell me, tell me that, tell me that there's a white person got more privilege than Barack Obama, president of the United States of America. That man can go anywhere in the country right now, and, and that not one white person I know will have privilege over him. Trump. His kids. Mm. Tell me that. Tell me that those students that go to the university with his kids have more privilege than his kids do. do. You got to be out of your mind. Wealth. There's a privilege in wealth. But y'all ain't talking about that. There's a privilege in everything. You can have the same amount of skill level as a person in basketball, and if you're shorter than that person, you're not going to have the same opportunity. Let's keep it 100. Listen, for us to try to portray that in our society there's an epidemic of white privilege, then we have to say in our society there's an epidemic of good-looking people getting better opportunities. There's an epidemic of people that have more money getting opportunities. There's an epidemic of legacy. If your parents' last name is XYZ, you're going to you, you're gonna have more privilege. And you can pause it there. Hmm. There ain't nobody... I think he contradicts himself on that point because there, there is an, an epidemic of all of those issues. Yeah. That's, I, I think that's fact. I could they be wrong. tie in. I could and be that's, wrong. that's the thing, though. That's the thing. They all tie in together. All three that he mentioned. Like, literally, white people having more privilege gives them access to more money, which gives them access to being able to do cosmetic things to their body and their face. And I mean, I think that all kind of like ties in together to an extent. Like, I, I mean, you look at people like Kylie Jenner and stuff like that. I mean, they did not look like that before money. It's stuff like Dang. that that happens, like, and I just think that's, like, he definitely contradicts himself, in my personal opinion, saying he said there's privilege everywhere. That includes white privilege. Exactly. So, Thank you. I just, I just don't necessarily see what he was trying to get at with this video. Yeah. And then he, he goes on, uh, actually, yeah, keep playing the video. There is one more point. Nobody in the world that, that's associated with Trump that's not going to get, there's nobody in the world that's associate with Obama that's not going to have privilege. All you have to do is say, I'm Obama's great niece. You on national TV. 100%. But people don't want to talk about that. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to keep it 100. I'm sick of people saying that there's white privilege. In isolated situations, yes. Is there black privilege? Yes. In isolated situations, black people can get stuff that nobody else can get. Whether you taller than another person in isolated situations, that is true. Whether you look better than somebody else, whether you more presentable than somebody else, isolated situation, that is true. Overall, that is not true. 
just because you shorter than somebody don't mean that you are, you know, that you, that's an indictment on your life for the rest of your life. Just because you don't look as good as somebody don't make don't mean that it is inevitable that you won't have great opportunities. I tell you a couple people on TV right now that don't look worth a dime. Mm. And they make more money than anybody else walking on planet Earth. It's not an indictment. See, what, what they do to you is they want you to believe this is true so they can pit you against somebody else. Period. See, conservatives don't play that game. There, we understand that we are all equal. We understand that there's privilege and there's there's exceptions in certain situations. But we don't sit here and paint the picture that our that our country is dedicated to those principles. But you know what? You know who does that? The Democrats do that. Mm, yep. Yep. There it is. Liberals do that. There it is. So and don't I have no problem because I have I have a lot of friends and I interact with a lot of people whose political views can differ from mine and that's fine because there's a lot of logic and merit to it. But they're also hardcore conservatives. J- just as there are hardcore Democrats. There yeah, are. And the I'm, 5%. Again. Yeah. But in that video, he just blatantly blames it on a different political party. Which I don't think really helps his credibility there. Well, he wants to talk about the divide that white privilege is supposedly causing between races. Yet he immediately goes to be like, well conservatives don't do that but you know who does <laughs> liberals and that's what with the whole politics situation people love to do it you know i feel like a lot of people forget that democrats and republicans both want essentially the same thing yep and different aspects they both they want this country to succeed and to be the best that it possibly can be but it has become about sides oh you're on this side you're wrong you're wrong. You're on this side. Don't talk to me. Don't be my friend. Like, and that's what he's essentially doing. But his whole message was, well, white privilege is all about dividing. Yeah. And the fact that he had a Trump sponsored ad on this also goes to show about it. Like, I, and yet he's like, well, no one's paying me to do this. Which I, and something I do, I do want to point out, like, I mean, my family and I, I know have voted Republican in the past. We've also voted Democrat. Do we vote for Obama? Yeah. Personally, do I think Joe Biden would have been a bad president? No. If he yeah. won, I would have been okay with that. Yeah. But I think we can both agree that Trump is definitely different mm-hmm. than any other president we've had. Mm-hmm. The exception of the whole Watergate scandal, we won't get into that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Anyway. I, I think that, I'm, you know, honestly, I mean, I have more of a conservative style family. And even though I personally don't necessarily identify with that or anything, really, um, they, you know, they have made some points about Trump. Like he is and essentially he's not the best president. I think I think you and I can agree with that. But he has done some good things for America. And I mean, that that's you. I have to give him credit for that. And it's usually money-based. Yeah, you know? no, that, and I mean, that's point. fine because that's what he knows how to do. He knows how to deal with money. And I think that's he's done some wonderful things. Like, you know why our gas prices have been so low is because with the COVID situation, um, uh, basically all of those third world countries were like, well, we're going to lower our oil costs like significantly because no one will notice because of the pandemic. And two, no one will have the money because they're all funding stuff for the pandemic. Trump immediately, immediately purchased all of it. Every drop. 
Yeah, the second yeah. they lowered those prices, immediately purchased every drop. And that's why our reserves are now overstocked and we've had such low gas prices. He's done good things in that sense, but there's a lot of questionable things that he has done that just haven't <coughs> been... Getting us out of uh, disbanding <laughs> the EPA and... Um... Anyway. There, you know, I mean, so when it comes to the money talk, he's actually not making the worst decisions. And, but I think that a lot of people just like to praise him for those small things and just forget about all of that stuff. And it goes back to the racism that's been rooted in this country for so long. It's, exactly. it's entwined in our every system that we have created. And it, it's, it's hard to uproot it, but it's all getting uprooted now. And that includes all of the bigots, all of the racists. They're getting uprooted too. Agreed. Everything's getting uprooted Agreed. now this year. And it's, it's honestly like so fucking crazy. I'm sorry about Chris. Oh, you're fine. So... Have you heard some of the things that Chris and I talk about? Like, oh, I, I, I had to go back because I actually got a message about it. Um, like, like legit, I, I, someone messaged me about it. And I had to go back and change like 80% of our of our uh. episodes to um, with an explicit uh, content hashtag. Wow. And, and an explicit content marker, so they knew. Wow. I have. To, I think these segments have been the only have been the only time that I either haven't cursed. I've only said the f bomb like like twice. Yeah. The other time, Chris and I will just fuck with each other. Well, and <laughs> so. there, there's stuff like that with with Trump and everything that's going on right now with just the racism in general in this country. And one of the things in my notes is literally about. An old coworker I had, I won't say from where or anything like that, I won't bring up his name, but I was I was just talking about Obama and his presidency and just being more on the liberal side of things with one of my coworkers. Just fine. We were yeah, we were just having a like small little talk. It was slow. We just decided to just get to know each other a little bit better. And we, we both chilling. ended up agreeing and we were like, Well, that's actually really nice. Let, let's be closer friends, like let's yeah. talk about this more. And um this other coworker comes up very, very conservative, very right wing, and he immediately goes, "What are you talking about?" Oh, and I mean, starts screaming. And I mean, we we purposely were at a whisper, you know. I mean, it's a work environment. Yeah. And I mean, he comes and starts screaming in the middle of this huge building. And I mean, it's a, it's a big building, so I mean, uh, things echo. And he's like, he's like, "Well, let me tell you this about that wall. It better be built." And I was like, "So, oh so what's, my!" God. And you know. Keeping myself mature and professional, we're at a work environment. Politics really shouldn't be talked about in the first place. It was never meant for him to hear. And um, I was like, "Well, tell me, tell me why you think that wall should be built." You know, like what what have immigrants personally done to you? He goes, "Well, my brother, I basically lost him." I was like, "What? What do you mean by that? Please elaborate." Uh, he goes, "Well, my brother, hardcore meth head, and you know who sells those drugs to him?" immigrants and i was like oh i was like well tell, tell me this tell me this um who put that needle in your brother's arm oh and, and i told him i was God. like i was like i just was was it the immigrants that forcibly shoved that needle in your brother's arm did, like did they hold him down did they <laughs> did they inject him did they did they keep him like captive and get him so used to it that he like has to buy from them no no, oh they didn't. God. You know who who found them, who somehow made connections to get in touch with them to buy those drugs to purposely put in his own arm. Him. It is it is him, his sole like person. Nobody made him do that. 
Nobody shoved the needle in his arm but himself. And yet you want to blame every immigrant in America for, quote unquote, selling drugs and being the reason. I know more, like, I've seen more drug dealers that are Caucasian than I have any other race, in all honesty, especially in this area. And I just think it's crazy, like, (laughs) that someone can just blame everything on race. Yeah. Just like that. And that's another thing, because I, I know someone's going to criticize it, and they're probably going to go back and be like, okay, well, everything that you were criticizing is, is exactly what Catherine's doing. That's not the case. No. Because we're focusing on a system. Mm-hmm. A set of systems in place, and how your race can help you benefit in life. But that that comment, that whole direction, was racism. Now, granted, yeah, you can't just go around and blame you know, one group of people for doing that. Okay. That's fair, but that's not what these protests are about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is racism involved? Most definitely. Absolutely. But there are two core roots that I think people are forgetting, and they're, they're fixating on racism. Mm-hmm. It's racism, police brutality. Where do those two points line up? A corrupt system. Absolutely. That's where, that's where, that's the common ground that I think people need to be looking at. So, yeah. for, for me personally, I don't think that the the death of George Floyd or everything that's going on, I don't think it's strictly a racist issue. I don't think it's strictly a system mm-hmm. issue. I think it's a combination. Absolutely. It is a combination. That's that's really interesting. And and with George Floyd, what we talked about before starting to air, because um, I, I was so excited about it. I just, <laughs> I was so excited. No, that that's, I, that's good. I'm so I wanted glad. to talk about it immediately before we even started airing. But um, I, I was talking with my more so conservative family on mm-hmm. it and um we both came to the agreement that all of the people like 10 20 people who stood around that cop with his knee on george floyd's neck like they should be charged they should be charged in in my personal opinion because very, to stand around and watch one cop sit there and do that to someone and just watch him die and you want to whip out your phone and record it rather than jump on that officer like, and we were talking about it, and, like, if I was personally there, if my family was there, we all agreed that we would jump, no matter how scared we were, because how can you sit there and just record, whip out your phone, put it on TikTok, put it on Snapchat for all your friends to see, rather than help him, help him, like, you're just gonna stand there and yell, like, someone obviously would get hurt, but it, regardless, someone was gonna die. Now, granted, there were some people who who were very strongly voicing, you know, you need to get off of his neck. Mm-hmm. But, and I, I agree with you. I, I know I personally would have done something. Oh, God, if my mom ever listened to this podcast, all of, all of her views on me about getting killed before I reach the age of 25 is going to come into light. Uh, believe me. But, and I definitely get where you're coming from because yeah. I'm right there with you. But for, for those people, now that they need to record... I, I have a few feelings on that, because on one hand, it's like, you, you can do literally anything else other than record, but at the same time, it's, it's still kind of a good thing. Not not capturing it, but yeah. capturing it in a historical purpose. Exactly. Now you have evidence mm-hmm. of what happened. So maybe they're doing that because it's like, okay, well, if I'm too scared to do anything right now, at least I can capture what happened. Yes. And then I can get it out there so that people know how it was wrong. Yeah. If no one recorded, would we even have known about that? Yes, and you know, I, I agree with that statement full-heartedly. Um, someone needed to record it, for sure. I don't think 10, 20 people needed oh, to I record agree. it. I agree you know, I mean, obviously, someone should have been like, I'm recording this, 
other people should have jumped in. How many people does it take to stop one policeman who's exactly. already on someone's neck? And then if you have, you know, say one to three people recording, you all band together, you go up there, mm-hmm. you interact with a police officer, you're nonviolent, you don't have anything in your weapon, mm-hmm. something bad happens, who's to, who's to blame? Mm-hmm. The police officer or the person? The police officer. Exactly. And that also deals with handling... Handling interactions and events in a non-lethal way. Mm-hmm. And I was talking with my friend Ricky about this, and we found out that really out of two... Still, 640 hours of police work, or course work, so mm-hmm. to speak, has to be done over the, over the period of 16 weeks. Which is interesting. Chris made a, a decent argument saying, okay, well, that turns into a 40-hour work week. I'm like, okay, you know, fair enough. But at the same time, you know, here we are as college students going for one profession just like they are. We have, like, what... 13 to 20 credit hours max mm-hmm. of coursework, and it takes us the same amount of time, and you're cramming 640 hours. I just, it, it, it baffles me. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, that, that 13 to 20 hours stack up, but, like, all of that's different different things. Like, yeah. a way, way higher multitude yeah. than, than what we have. And that's, that's crazy. Yeah. It, it's boggling to me. That's essentially saying only, like... I'm I'm t- I'm shooting a number, so don't don't take this to heart. But this is just an example. It could be higher. It could be lower. That's like saying only ten percent of all of the coursework is about ethical practice. Yeah, that's not okay. Now, Grant and Chris brought up another really good point that when you're talking about the the supreme justice system going up higher up the chain, that it's not a police officer's job mm-hmm. to protect citizens. It's to enforce the law. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, law should be enforced, but you know, with with the associations that we have of our boys in blue, it's more of well. Aren't they, aren't they here to protect us? Yeah. Military, that, that should be enforcing the law and keeping our borders safe, but, but police officers at home, that should be protecting the citizens. By protecting the citizens, you're also enforcing the law. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe there's a little bit of duplicity there, but I think, I think that the way that officers are trained, now that I'm seeing it, it's not, there, there's something wrong there that needs to be fixed. Yeah. Especially when four officers... And those three officers didn't even say anything to that one officer. Yeah. And interestingly enough, I, t- I talked to a friend. I'm not going to quote his name because I asked him to come on. He didn't want to. <clears throat> Still doing some stuff. Doesn't want to be under fire. Uh, but recently he just got sworn in mm-hmm. to be a cop. So I'm really happy for him. But one of the first things he said, because he was also pissed about this, and he's way more on the conservative side, yet he has very valid points that I respect. And he was saying one of the very first things that they were taught not to do is exactly what that officer said in basic training. That is the first thing that they tell them. Like, if you do this, you that no. There is no reason to do this. You cannot do this. You should not do this. Like, all the red lining. Mm-hmm. And that officer still chose to do it. Yep. So at that point, it's like, no no weapon. Unarmed. Obviously not, not as fit as the other people in any way. Like, and over, over, over a one-bill a, a one forgery... Yeah. People are saying, okay, well, where's the proof of racism? Okay, well, granted, maybe if it was someone of a different color, he still would have done it. Maybe he's just aggressive. There needs to be better evaluations mm-hmm. and screening for cops. Fair argument. But at the same time, it does make people wonder, was it because he was black? And because we have that wonder, because that still comes into our minds, that proves that there's still an issue. Here's, here's an interesting counterpoint to that. Okay. What if you reverse the question? How so? So, apparently this police officer that was on his neck had multiple complaints okay. about him. What if the officer was black with that many complaints against him? What do you think would have happened to the officer? Would he have still even been sworn in? 
to have been able to continue to be aggressive? Very, very interesting question. That is good. Or would he have been immediately kicked out with the amount of complaints that this officer has had? And I, I... Look at his race. That's a very valid point. Probably not, probably not there. And and that's just my, my viewpoint. I could yeah. be wrong. I hope people don't take that the wrong way. But I mean, reality states that that's probably what happened. Exactly. And I that mean... That was a very good... Thank very, you. Very good. Thank <clears throat> you. And, and like, I think the last thing I really had on my notes um, was I've seen... And I've argued with quite a few people so far on the Black Lives <laughs> Matter movement, as you and I have totally discussed a lot. Okay, continuing what I was saying. There you go, sorry. Um, <laughs> I'll go back and edit this later. There, there's, okay. a, there's a bit of a thing there. I can only do an hour at a time, so I had to, I yeah. had to wait. <clears throat> but, you know, continue. So I, I've been arguing with quite a few people about this, but, but one, one argument, or more so debate, you know, I was keeping a very mature, so was the other person, about this, um, it was with a white person, um, was they felt targeted personally because they were white and i thought that was really interesting because it, from my personal experience i feel like white people like to make a lot of things about them so um interesting, very interesting basically let me scroll up real quick so i can just see i had posted a little snapchat video just basically saying like you know like my personal views on the black lives matter mu- movement and she goes yeah so Oh, what I had said was, you can feel these people hurting in their protest. You can yes. feel it around the world. And I think that's true. I can't, even if I'm sitting at home, I can feel in the air the amount of hurt that is coming off of these people. When you drive by and see them with their fists in the air and holding these signs, you can feel it. it it's emitting off of them and it's so real. And that's basically what I was talking about. I was like, how can you guys not feel this, you know? And she goes, they hurt, yeah, but what does innocent people get them? Oh, what does hurting innocent people get them? And I was like, no one's, they're not hurting people. You know who's hurting people? The police. The police are shooting rubber bullets that are massive, by the way. If you haven't seen pictures of them, they are way bigger than normal-sized bullets. Um, And they're not aiming them at the ground where the trajectory is supposed to go, so that when it bounces back up, it's supposed to hit the lower extremities. No, they're shooting it in these people's faces. There are people going blind. If it goes through an eye, that eye is destroyed, and it goes into brain matter. There was a kid who was shot uh, with a rubber bullet ricochet, and it hit a kid in the head. Yep. Exactly, although I personally don't think that you should bring kids to protest. I don't think that that's really the place to bring your child. That's a very valid point. There's there's also a lot of people who bring their kid to All Lives Matter protests and white supremacy protests. So, I mean, again, you have that 5%. Um, They shouldn't do that, in my opinion. But um, I was saying, like, I'm not siding with the radicals. Like, every group has the extremists. Exactly. And, um... (laughs) Basically, we were just arguing, and she had said something that was so interesting to me. She had sent me a Facebook post. Um, apparently, it was from Black Lives Matter, but there's a lot of fakes. Quotations there's in the quotations air. Quotations in the air. There's a lot of fakes <laughs> out there. You don't know who's behind the screen. There wasn't a picture on it. Interesting. I mean, very, very, very sketchy. There's not, yeah. So it's, it looks post. very sketchy. Obviously, sketchy anyone post. of any race could have been behind this screen saying, we will be assassinating white families until justice is served. Again, an extremist 
from behind a phone screen. You have no idea. And of course, the people who are against the Black Lives Matter movement always want to focus on that 5% because that's the only thing that gets them riled up and it's the only thing they focus on. And it goes with their news that they receive too, their news outlets. They choose to focus on that and it goes both ways. But she goes, so this is okay, all because they want equality. And I was like, yet again, another extremist. Um, I was like, you're not focusing on the actual message. And when I had Oh my said God, that, I've been having that exact <laughs> conversation with Brandon. Yes, and, and you know, she, <laughs> she basically says, um, let's see real quick, let me find it. Oh, this was so, this was so interesting. Okay, so I said, you know... <laughs> When they're talking about the rioting, basically, and this was this was the one thing in my notes that I wanted to go over, um, she basically was like, so taking lifelong work away from someone who had nothing to do with any of this, all of that stuff, they're taking children to these riots, harming innocent people. Mm. Obviously, again, I don't agree with children being brought to anything like that. They need to grow up and have their own personal opinion. You should never reflect I your agree. personal opinions on your children. I definitely agree. Or bring them to something that could be potentially dangerous. But I was like, basically, you, you feel it. This is retaliation. And we're we're lucky that these these groups of people are just wanting equality and not revenge. Mm. We're lucky because... I promise you if this was switched the other way around, it would be revenge rather than equality. And I was like basically saying all I've said is America has pushed these groups of people and ignored the signs. And the best analogy that I've previously told you that I can find for this is basically when a kid gets bullied in school and everyone ignores their pain all of the signs this kid is screaming help and yet nobody nobody cares to pay attention everyone just looks the other way while this kid gets bullied and then when the kid finally lashes out possibly becomes a school shooter bomber whatever then you want to focus on it then it's something to you and i think that has the same exact thing with the black lives matter movement it has been pushed and pushed and pushed against these people for so long and they've been screaming for help in peaceful ways sitting down like kneeling all of this exactly stuff. history the, it has shown there's receipts there's videos there's pictures of them protesting so peacefully in the most peaceful ways that they can possibly imagine and Nobody has listened. Nobody has listened. And then George Floyd was just the immediate downfall of all of this. And now it is the retaliation, the lashing out from all of these years of being ignored. And and this this is this is what we get for that. This is what America gets because you decided to ignore this for so long. And and now Very it's an true. issue. And now it's an issue. And everyone's like, well, the rioting doesn't need to be a thing. Well, the protesting wasn't good enough. What do you want them to do? Because, and you know what the sad thing is? It's working. Oof. That's the sad part about it, is that it's working. I highly recommend you listen to the, to the segment that Lawrence and I did, because we were talking about that exact same thing, and that's actually what he opened up with. Really? Yes, and I was very happy, because Chris was, Chris was a pretty good neutral party. We, we, we went on a couple of tangents. Um, I'm so glad I'm having this one with you. Lawrence is talking about it, and he was like, I would actually be on the side of violence. And I was like, really? And I, I even asked him, you know, well, do you think that would prove some people's points? Do you think mm-hmm. that would make them uh, actually afraid and help help with the profile? He's like, yeah, I would. But look at the coverage it's getting. Mm-hmm. Look how much more attention it's getting. Yeah. There's only so much you can do. And 
if you look, and he brought up another really good point. He was like, well, if you look in the past, all those peaceful protests were also considered crimes. Mm -hmm. And if you look throughout history, I don't think there's any quote unquote right way to protest, but this Mm -hmm. is going to be another one. This is going to be going down in the history books. Exactly. And I'm very curious, you know, 30 years from now, how the year of 2020 is going to be portrayed when people are looking back at it. I'm very, Mm -hmm. very curious. Exactly. And you know, you make such a valid point and I'm, so no i'm just i'm so happy i'm so proud of you for for coming on and sharing all of this um we're gonna have to start wrapping up on time because i Mm -hmm. really have to be getting ready for work soon i Um, just have one little no no no, go ahead about that person that had said and i I thought i thought you might also like to hear because i think we had slightly talked about it as well with that person um they had said something uh that was pretty contradicting and was completely against what i was saying the entire time and I was like, you know, America pushed them, et cetera, et cetera, what I already talked about. And she goes, it's not America that did it. It's the people that want to ignore it. You can't blame a whole country when it's not everyone involved. That's like saying all Muslims killed, but I'm not sure you're on the same page that that's not the case. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's literally the whole point. That is the whole that's point. Insane. How are you not getting this? Are you sure you're not talking to Brandon? Yeah, I, I literally, I was like, that's the whole point. Not all black people are thugs. Not all Muslims are bombers. Not all Asians have Corona. Not all cops are bad. That's That's the message. But the issue is the racism that's rooted in this country has made it seem that way. So that's why they're saying ACAB to show them how it feels to be grouped like that. That's the whole fucking point. Like, that's why they're doing what they're doing. Because black people immediately get detained, questioned, etc. for no reason as if they're criminals since birth. Like, I I just don't understand. And that was my, like, basically closing message on that was... It's it's mind blowing how people are not understanding that this is the message. This is the message. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't okay. get it. Thank you, Catherine. I appreciate you. It's bothering me so it should. much. And this I'm is so good. passionate. I, it's good. I just don't get it. <laughs> I'm in the same boat, and I'm I'm glad that you get. It. I'm glad. Thank you for showing your support. Honestly, of like thank you, thank you for being a wonderful friend. <laughs> uh, actually, I, as we're closing this out, if you if you have time, I would love to pull up our Instagram accounts and quickly like record mm-hmm. a video that we can post either yes. on our things or on our story, telling people you know come in, come listen, come. Yes. This is what this is for. This is for discussion, exactly. debate. Which, and again, it's it's going to be very interesting for when I have Brandon come in. But I also it think will. it's going to be important. I love and respect him, but exactly. I would love to hear his viewpoint on it. <laughs> I do. I respect his viewpoint. Okay. I just. Fair enough, fair I, I respect that people can have different views on things. That doesn't necessarily mean they're right. Doesn't mean I'm right. Very true. You Very know, true. everything is Look you gray area. But sure. And I do love. I do love him. But um, I would love to see. Yeah. How it's, how it's going to be interesting. Me and him are, <laughs> our session is probably going to go longer, yeah. a little bit longer than than his, <laughs> and I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yes. But with that said, with this coming to a close, I'm going to go ahead and do a description. I'm going to post it. If you're still with us, if you're still tuning in, thank you. Thank you so much. Please, please, please try to get feedback if you can, whether it's on Instagram, on social media, tag us, do whatever. Um, I know that there are other platforms out there, too, that are more, quote-unquote, reputable than ours, but uh, I've had this podcast for a while. It originally started off as miscellaneous dumb college stories and Marvel news, which we're still going to do, especially when you get back in college, but for now... It's about Black Lives Matter. It's about bringing awareness, education, having these discussions because it's important. And this is history. So thank you for tuning in. 
It's late at night. Good night, dear listeners. If it's not, good morning, or mayhaps, good afternoon. Stay safe out there. Spread, share the love. Peace.